Hey, welcome to Maison Mission. I'm Kevin, and I'm really glad that you're here tuning in today. I know that a lot of our house church groups aren't meeting today because it is Mother's Day, and that's totally okay. But, uh, but check out this program and, and send it out to your groups anyways. There's going to be some great content in here that builds on what we started talking about last week at Maison Live. Um, just some calendar stuff for you. We're back for house church again on Sunday, May 22nd. Um, we are not having Maison online on May 26th because of Memorial Day weekend. And our next Maison Live is the week after that, Sunday, June 5th. We'll be back at FCC for Maison Live, and we hope to see you there. I have two really quick announcements before we dive in to our series. Um, one is Maison Mission is partnering with RIP Medical Debt. Um, they are a company, and what they do is they help settle medical debt for people who are behind on their medical bills or people who are just drowning in medical debt and it helps bring relief to those people. Sometimes those debts are settled for pennies on the dollar. And so when we give to RIP medical debt, the money that we're giving, if we give like, you know, $500, that could be tens of thousands of dollars of debt that we're settling with just that donation. And so um, there's a link in the description. It's on our website as well, RIP Medical Debt. If you would like to help support families that are drowning in medical debt by forgiving debts because we've been forgiven, I mean, that's a huge piece to Maison Mission is this idea that God has forgiven us, he's forgiven debts, and we want people's debts to be forgiven because man, what freedom comes from that, uh, that feeling of being free from debt. Wow. So uh, we have an opportunity to do that through RIP Medical Debt. So head over to the website or uh, check it out in the link in the description and help some families out. Uh, it just makes such a huge difference. The other thing I wanna let you know is that um, there is no way we could, we could do what we're doing with Maison Mission without the financial support of people like you. And so um, if you would like to, to make a donation or support the Maison Mission through a one-time gift or through recurring giving, you can text to give at the number on your screen. It'll also be in our description. You can visit our website and follow the links to give. Uh, or you can mail a check. Uh, there's an address also in the description and, at, and all this stuff will be on the screen at the end of the program as well. But there's no way that we could do what we do without your help. And so we are just so thankful for those of you who do support the mission and continue to help us as we, as we create greater spaces uh, for people to hear and experience the good news of Jesus. All right, so we're continuing in this series, To Be Continued. And we've been looking at what happened after the resurrection of Jesus. What changed? How did the church start? What kinds of things did Jesus say after he rose again? These are just some of the questions that I like to ask and explore when coming into this time of year on the church calendar. I mean, it's a crazy thought. Jesus came into our world and, and that really changed everything. An empire was turned on its head. The global calendar system that we follow is, is centered around the time of Jesus' life. It's 2022, 2022 years since the approximate birth of Jesus, give or take a few years. But, but this system exists because of Jesus. His existence has been so significant that the whole world has taken notice of it. And so we talked last week about how Jesus has already delivered us. He's already forgiven us. 
And like zombies, we need to wake up and, and wake others up to this new reality that, that really is good news. And so today we want to talk about uh, community and church and the early church and, and how it formed and how it operated. Um, and so if you would, let's look at the book of Acts. We're going to be in chapter 2 and we're going to start at verse 42. It says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. All right, so this is the go-to passage for most church folks when we think about church. I mean, if you've been in church five minutes, you've probably heard this one. Um, some even say that this is the gold standard or even the ideal example of the healthy church. Uh, they had everything in common. Needs were being met in their communities. They ate meals together. And, and, and then right here at the end, it says that the church was growing in numbers. Success. Um, it's easy to look at this as a quick bullet point rundown of what to look for in an effective church. Um, but I want to dig a little bit deeper into this. You know, it's easy to read this one, it's easy to read this one passage and, and then move on to the next thing. And so I just want to point out a couple things that jump out to me. Um, it says here that they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Hmm. When was the last time we did this? I mean, I think I'm going to sell my vehicle and, and, and give that money away. I'm going to cash out some of my assets, maybe some stocks. Maybe I made a killing on GameStop or crypto and I'm going to go and give it to someone in my church who's drowning in debt. Anyone? I mean, that's pretty intense. Or how about this? They had everything in common. Really? What's that like? I mean, that only happens when you spend a lot of time with each other and you really, really know a lot about each other and share life together. I mean, there's a lot of extreme examples of unity and healthy church here, and we could press into any of these things. But as I was reading, this one line jumped out to me. It says this, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Really? The temple. So, in the aftermath of Jesus' death and resurrection, I just don't think the temple would be a really cool place to hang out. I mean, they just watched the religious leaders of the temple team up with the empire to have their Messiah killed violently in front of them. I'm sure the temple leaders believed that Jesus' followers were a threat, just as Jesus was, so I'm sure these guys were pretty freaked out to be hanging out at the temple. I mean, it definitely isn't a safe place for the early church to go hang out in. Add to this that this is a new movement of believers. Jesus just started something new. He said at the Last Supper that this was the new covenant. And that covenant, like we talked about last week in Jeremiah 31, was not like the covenant God made with Moses. It was different. 
It was new. So why not start fresh? I mean, maybe even move to a new town and, and just start over. <laughs> I mean, I know so many of us have stories and many of us have been through so much rejection, hurt, frustration. We see injustice and abuse and all kinds of sinful acts being carried out under the banner of the church. That's why a lot of you are here, right? One last chance. One last stop on that bus ride out of church town. God doesn't waste anything. You know, there's a verse in Romans 8, verse 28, that says, All things work together for the good of those who love God. You know, this verse has been overused on coffee mugs and on plaques mounted under Thomas Kincaid paintings. And, and even worse, it's been misused to discard or downplay the severity of other people's grief or struggles. But one thing I will say about this verse is this. God is in it for the long haul. He's in it for the long game. God doesn't give up. Even when his church gives up on his ways, his grace and his love, God doesn't give up on us. When we mess things up or turn away or find ourselves underneath the consequences of, of bad decisions, whether those bad decisions are ours or the result of someone else's. God is always there. Jesus didn't ever abandon the past. He knew that he was part of our journey with God. He taught the Jewish scriptures, and everything he did was connected to the Jewish story. The Israelites, God's people, learning how to love their God. Jesus is a fulfillment of these teachings. One thing I love about the gospel is that God doesn't burn down the past to build the future. In fact, the past is, is some of the deepest connection we can find to God when trying to build a new future with him. That's why this temple passage in Acts is so important. We have all the reasons in the world to not trust church. We have a lot of reasons to burn down the past to build a new future, but yet maybe we need to come back to the place where it all began. Maybe this temple thing here is an analogy for what it means to claim your rightful seat at God's table. Maybe it's good to fight for our seat at that table. You know, I've become good friends with, with the pastor at First Christian Church here in Gainesville. Um, his name is Drake. You've probably seen him at Maison Live uh, with his partner Brent. They are awesome, and I'm so thankful for them in this season. Uh, but but you know, Drake has a story, and I'm gonna let him tell you that story sometime. But just know this, Drake has a lot of reasons not to trust the church. And it would be very easy for him to burn down the past for a new future. Um, in, in, in his and I's conversations, we keep coming back to this idea of fighting for your seat at the table. And I wanna fight. And I wanna believe that one of Maison's callings is to fight for the seats at the table for any marginalized or rejected person who has been told that there's no longer a seat for them at the table. Because it's just not true. And we have the opportunity to lovingly and through humility and through service win back these seats at the big C church table that so many of these other churches and leaders have tried to take away. We come back to the temple because it's the place where it all started. It's a marker that reminds us of the journey we're on. 
We come back to the temple to remind the ones who rejected us that we're still here, that we're not going anywhere. And most of all, we come back to the temple to remind ourselves that God's not going anywhere either. Hmm. You know, it doesn't really matter how you found your way to Maison, whether it's through pain or joy or simply to try something different. No matter what you've been through or how you got here, we're so glad that you are here and we're honored to walk with you and build with you in this season together. Maison is a different kind of church. We're committed to create spaces for people to process grief, to sit in the dark spaces and offer a little bit of light. We welcome uncomfortable conversations and questions and discussions. And, and, but most importantly, we want to create greater spaces for you so that you can hear good news because it really is good. <laughs> it's the best news ever. Now, I know that some of you, some of you have been on a journey and it's hard to go back to those places. Um, we don't want to go back to the temple because it's still really raw. It still really hurts. It's hard. And you know what? I want to just reiterate this. In that story, there was time between the resurrection and Pentecost and then when the church was established. There was time to process and intentionally move towards this way of being in the temple. And so I want to let you know that if you're not ready to go back to those spaces, if you're not ready to uncover the past, if you're not ready to move into these places, um, it's totally okay. You move at your own pace. You are, you're not required to move there till you're ready, and that's okay. But there are some of us that I just want to challenge. Like, it's good to go back. It's good to uncover the past. It's good to go back to these places in our journey and reclaim them, restore them, resurrect them with Jesus so that we can have that seat at the table, that we can find unity with our fellow believers and we can build the kingdom together. Let's pray together. God, I thank you that you've made a way and I thank you that your way is so good. It's better than we could ever imagine. And the more we press into it and the more we get to know you and the more we learn about you and the more we live this life, the better it gets. It's better news. It's good news. It's so good. And God, I just pray that we as a community, that we would continue to shine that light to the community, that people would see good news when they hear Maison, that they would see that we're a different place that we're a place where we're gonna fight for the, for the seats of the people who need a seat at the table. God, I thank you that you're creating spaces in this city through Maison where people can experience this good news. And I pray that you would continue to empower us with your grace to do so. We love you, we worship you, and we praise you for all you're doing and all that you will do. Amen. Mm -hmm.